0: Our scripture comes to us from Matthew 26, verses 47 through 50. While he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him. At once he came up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. I want to begin by saying thank you to Pastor Courtney for an opportunity to stand before such a great uh, audience of people. I had the opportunity today to preach two sermons back to back. And during the first sermon, I told her, I said, I was kind of fearful because I was worried about that second sermon that I would have to preach. But again, I'm glad for this opportunity. Uh, and as she mentioned, this is the Motley Crew series. And she told me about the other uh, three disciples, Simon, Peter, uh, Matthew, and Philip. And of course, yes, I chose Judas. And I soon discovered very quickly that that was pretty much a pretty difficult uh, disciple to bring a message from, but in all of that, there certainly is a message that evolves from this story. In particular, we heard uh, Stacy read the scripture, but a verse in that scripture that particularly is the driver for the message is this. Jesus said to him, friend, Do what you are here to do. I believe here Jesus is providing us as disciples an example of how to treat one another. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Jesus is scary. Judas Iscariot is such a controversial figure in Christendom that uh, much mystery and discussion continue to surround him. There is much about him that we just, we just do not know. We do not really know what the appendix Iscariot means. Some say it simply means the town from which he came. Others understand Iscariot to be associated with the vileness of his deed. Thus, we understand Judas Iscariot means the one who gave Jesus over. We do not know his motive for handing Jesus over to his enemies. Luke or John uh, give Satan as the cause of Judas actions. We just don't know why that Jesus told the chief priest and the scribes where to find Jesus, but we do know this, that he did betray Jesus. Matthew says that he uh, betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Some even say he had a secret grief toward Jesus that he just could not manage to overcome. The nature of Jesus' secret grief, we do not know. Jesus was one that he possibly felt should have been able to overrule or do something about the Roman Empire. Maybe he wanted Jesus to take that political turn that would make things the better for him. Hmm. But we know this that perhaps he saw Jesus claim as maybe being false that Jesus was just another so-called leader claiming that he had come to save the lives of his people and pull them out of despair however according to our text today this one thing we do know about Jesus Judas he rejected Jesus Although some 2,000 years have come and gone and Judas has gained much notoriety by handing Jesus over to his enemy, there is still something about Judas that we find offensive and frightening. We find him offensive because of what he did to his friend. He handed him over to the hands of his enemies. We're offended by that. For most of us can testify that uh, there is a great deal of pain associated with being turned on by a friend. The wounds inflicted by a friend seem to go so much deeper and hurt so much more and cause wounds by someone that really doesn't care anything about us. David said in the 55th Psalm, It was not my enemy who reproached me, for then I could bear it. But it was my friend. So we are offended because of what he did to his friend Jesus. Judas not only offends us, but he frightens us. For G- Judas is an unpleasant reminder of all that, uh, to all of us, that on any given day, a faithful follower could turn from following Christ and stumble and cause harm to others. It frightens us even more when we try to put distance between ourselves and Judas by pointing all that is wrong and, and rotten about him. It is frightening to think that we could be overtaken by some evil schemes or harmful suggestions or misguided intentions. You may ask, what could entice a person to turn away from Christ? Well, sometimes people turn away from Jesus out of disillusionment. They think following Jesus offers immediate rewards with little sacrifice at no cost. Some turn away from Christ when confronted with some unexpected loss or horrific ordeal in their lives. And because they were caught off guard, they tend to think that Jesus could also be caught off guard or maybe he just doesn't even care. They seem unaware of the fact that nothing takes our Savior by surprise and that Jesus cares for us when no one else does. In fact, he loved us before we loved him. And then as strange as it may seem, some people turn away from Christ because they think they want more out of life. They believe they have outgrown the Christian faith. They believe all other avenues and interests can speak to their condition better than the claims of Jesus. Whatever the reason, when there is a turn from Christ, there is a risk of a turn for the worse. When Judas turned from Christ, he cast his soul into the worst spiritual darkness. Now, we know the story, and we heard the story of what Judas did in the garden. But it is a story worth noting. What did Jesus do about what happened to him? We know that Jesus was betrayed in the garden of prayer. We know he was betrayed by a kiss. We know that he was betrayed by a friend. Unfortunately, betrayal in God's family did not end with Judas. Betrayal by a Christian friend and confidant didn't stop when the moisture from Judas' kiss on Jesus' cheek dried. Unfortunately, betrayal betrayal in what is supposed to be a place of safety and spiritual nurture didn't end when Jesus hung himself. Have you been betrayed? by someone you thought was a friend in Christ? I asked that question. Have you been undercut by someone who was supposed to be a loyal confidant? Have you been wounded in what is supposed to be a place of spiritual safety? If you have, then you know the wounds a friend can leave when he or she is no longer a friend. You know the pain of Gethsemane. Well, if this is your story, Please remember, it is also Jesus' story. For you, for us, the story of Matthew, God's gospel finishes with a powerful two-point message. First, we see we can watch as Jesus is betrayed, denied, and forsaken by his friend. Jesus becomes an example for us on how to handle the agony of betrayal and abandonment. When we hear the name Judas, we typically, the first thing we think, we think traitor, and we think betrayer. But Jesus, he merely responded with a command, and he said, friend, do the thing you came to do. Right here, I believe that this story also shows the character of Christ he gave judas an opportunity to be the friend that he had chosen him to be jesus looked beyond the betrayal and he still saw a friendship i'll share with you uh, while doing some research on spirituality in the workplace i came upon an article about A young professor who had asked for tenure well the committee one of the committee members he went to an older professor and he started to ask questions about the young professor and the the professor he gave these glowing remarks he said I think that he would be great Uh, I believe this is an opportunity that he deserves and he gave glowing a report on the young professor The committee member looked at the professor and he said, huh, that's really something because he doesn't think very much of you. As a matter of fact, he has said some very unpleasant things about you. The older professor told the member, he said, you asked me what I thought about him. You did not ask me what he thought about me. And I believe that's how Jesus here is showing us how we are to respond to others. It shows a type of character as a disciple that we can look beyond faults and we can still see people as God would have us to see them. We can see them with the eyes of Christ. Second we can speak honestly to Jesus about our wounds and hurt. He knows and understands because of the time he spent in the world, enduring much suffering. Yet he longs to comfort and help you and me in our times of hurt and pain. I believe that uh, we ought to be honest and admit It is challenging sometimes to follow Christ. It gets hard, it gets really hard as we endure the vagracies and the the vicissitudes of life. Hard as we endure trials and tragedies that seem worse than they have ever been. Hard as we endure seasons of uncertainty and unexpected occurrences. Hard when it seems that life itself is against us. And it appears that there is just no way that things will work out right. Sometimes it looks like if I turn to the right, there are problems. If I turn to the left, there's another problem. If I look forward, there's a problem. If I step back, it's like they surround all about us. Well, today, I stopped by the marvelous Faith United Methodist Church to share this story about Judas and how Jesus called him friend. But we can also call Jesus friend as well. He is our help in ages past and our hope in the midst of whatever may come our way. When we fall short of his glory, he does not see us as an enemy. He still sees us as a friend. He was willing and is to go to the cross for our transgressions. Whatever you may have to endure by staying with Jesus, he will more than make it up to you. If you lose your friends, Jesus will raise up new friends for you. If there is darkness and depression in your life, he'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. If your name has been muddied and sawed by militias, false gossip, and just nasty things being said about you, Jesus will be the one that will clean up your name and also the person that sawed it. If you lose your way and no longer sure which way to turn that left, right, front, back, Jesus will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. He alone is our peace. He alone is our hope. Even as we confront despair and fear of a gloomy situation, our hearts are hopeful as we anticipate a resurrection. Christ is our resurrection. Whatever comes to bury us, even in the worst of times, it cannot hold us down, for he will raise us up again. What a friend! Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. We sung that song earlier today. You know, sometimes the the younger people will kind of, I guess, think those old songs. I know my oldest daughter one time, she said, I don't know why you sing those old songs. I said, keep living. Keep living, and what a friend we have in Jesus is one of her favorite at this time. Because then you keep living, you'll learn that Jesus, you need that friend in Jesus. So sometimes we just have to take those songs and we have to really listen to the words and let it penetrate deep into our hearts. I believe that the songwriter said it best when he said these words, can we find a friend so faithful. Who will all our sorrows bear? Jesus knows our every weakness. We just need to take it to the Lord in prayer. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God shall stand forever. Amen.